By the time you hear this podcast, you'll make your female singer carry the drums. Just assume that I wasn't in the group, you know, and then, then after the show, oh man, can I have a t-shirt? You know, they're like all into it and stuff. But it was weird. So I didn't really have a lot of um, girl influences and I didn't have a lot of people to kind of look up to in Orange County. But I had a lot of competition. I had like, I had all these punk rock guy bands that I had to like go out there and try to compete with. It was like, okay, how am I going to get my voice to sound like that? You know, scream and all that stuff. It just wasn't happening. So um, basically, I think I started realizing that, um, you know, I'm just a girl. I can't really do that. Or my big excuse was, I'm just a girl. Don't make carry the drums. You know what I mean? So... Uh, <laughs> But the song just basically, I, I had the, just the line, just a girl. I just thought that was just so sarcastic and so right on. And um, Tom and I sat down. He made up this kind of angular guitar part based on a kind of Devo Cars riff. And, um, and the song came out. And I think that now I look back on it and maybe it was a little bit, uh, it definitely is that time. And I feel like I've grown up since then. But um, it is definitely me back then it was like a big triumph i wrote this song and it, it really represented how i felt so um... welcome to by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we just teased you <laughs> <laughs> with the with our topic um again thank you everyone who has listened and downloaded and just um uh, has supported the show in yes, a way. Please continue to do so. Yes, we definitely appreciate it. Um, where's I going to go from here? Oh, well, I have a special announcement. Um, I sent Ben a, a, a picture, but I don't, I don't know. He didn't really respond to it. Which one? If we I was looking at, work, at, I probably didn't. Yeah. Well, I think it was like yesterday, the day before. Um, the shirt. Oh yeah, I, no, I was at work. That looked dope. Is that a yeah. thing? I was going to ask you, how much does it cost to make those? Um, well, through a certain website, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need inventory. Oh, okay. People can just go order them. Um, people can order them, and we get a piece of that. Okay. No, the reason I wanted to know how much it costs, too, is because I wanted to get one made and advertise. I'm like, take some pictures. Like, I know yeah. some people who could probably model them. Take some pictures, put them on our Instagram page. Oh. Well, uh... We'll discuss that. Yeah, that was, and that's what I was thinking when I saw that. I was like, huh. And then something happened and out of sight, out of mind. The yeah. next thing I know, you sent me the, was it Colin Vick? Was that supposed to be like well, Capra no. Vick? <laughs> so here in, in Atlanta, someone um, you know did some graffiti and it's Colin Kaepernick um, in, a, in a Falcons jersey. That it's number like, seven. With the number seven. So it's that's like, why I thought of Colin Kaepernick. That is not happening. No, he ain't coming here. No. So he can be the third string quarterback. Is who? Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, well, actually, it was it was Aaron. It was Aaron job. who said it. Oh god! <laughs> he said so he could be the third string. Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah. what would happen. Yeah. And um, uh, Arthur Blake, you know, he, he needs that Home Depot money. Yeah. Well, as a thing though, Atlanta would accept him. Like if there's a city out there that would accept him, Atlanta would be like, well. Half of Atlanta would accept him. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting to see what the other half would do. But, yeah, I think Atlanta would accept him. I mean, we there's still people that show up in the Vic jerseys. It wouldn't be hard to support Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Did you see the picture of the um, when um, 
it was, it, I know it was, I don't remember who the Jaguars were playing, but uh, someone had a Jaguars Colin Kaepernick jersey. They had to get that made. <laughs> well, they got it made. Yeah. Of course, they got it made, definitely. Um, so they, they they don't like Blake Bortles that much, huh? Yeah. Nah, he's... He had so much hype trash. surrounding him coming out of, you know... He, he went to Missouri, right? He went to Central Florida. Central UCF, yes. Didn't he beat Georgia in a bowl game? I think so. Yeah, there's a lot and of... And they made it. the Fiesta Bowl one year. His last year there, they made the Fiesta Bowl. You know who I was, I was thinking of? Um, Blaine Gabbert, I think. He went to Missouri. Yeah, I was thinking of Blaine Gabbert. Also drafted by Jack Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. Um, yeah, they don't have uh, very good luck, do they? No. I, I, this may be an unpopular opinion, but now that the season's about to start, mm-hmm. I would rather not see Colin Kaepernick get signed, only because I think he'll be getting set up to fail. Oh, yeah, basically. He hasn't had, he wouldn't have time to learn the offense or anything. Yeah. They'll be just be throwing him out there like, Run. Nah, if it was <laughs> about when training camp's going to start, maybe a week in. Yeah. That was the, that was the, that would have been the best time. If, if he wasn't, if he was signed then, he'll be fine. Yeah. If he wasn't, don't, don't do it. it I don't care who gets hurt. I don't care yeah. who tears an ACL. Don't well, sign with anybody, Collins. It's a setup. People who aren't football fans won't understand that. Yeah, they They'll just think just, you just come in there and yeah. They're like, "Why did someone sign him?" I'm like, no, you don't want that right now. No, no. <laughs> he, he doesn't have enough time to like draw plays in the dirt. If you ever want him <laughs> to have a chance at getting a job, he won't take a job because he'll just go in and fail. And they're like, "See, he can't play." Yeah, yeah. Because that happened to um, I mentioned this to somebody. I don't know if it was you or not, but like with uh, Josh Freeman. Remember Josh Freeman? I do remember Josh Freeman. He played for Tampa at one point. Played right? for Tampa. Yeah. Got cut. He was a big dude. Where did he? Yeah. He was like he six go? five, six six. He went to Kansas State. Kansas State. Okay. Yeah. He was in the same draft with. Uh, was it Sam Bradford and the Mark Sam Bradford <laughs> and Mark Sanchez? He was either in that draft or he was in the um, the Matt Stafford draft the year before. Did you? I don't want to get too far off topic. Did you hear? Have you heard of his nickname in Detroit? Matt Stafford. Yeah. What is it? Pat Stafford, because he passes his stats <laughs> against bad teams. I can't call him Matt Stafford anymore. It's going to be Pat Stafford. <laughs> That's yeah. I heard Rob Parker call him that. He was like, you know what his nickname is? They call him Pat Stafford. He just passes stats against bad teams. I was done. I was done. Ah, oh, man. Um, but, yeah, well, like I said, with, with Josh Freeman, though, mm-hmm. he we got cut. Then he went to um, – he played for somebody, and he was a back. But then he was brought in in, like, the middle of the season to the Vikings. Ugh. And they were supposed to play the Giants. And they he had been on the team for, like, a week. Yeah. Ten days at the most. Then they started him, and he was awful. Yeah. And he never played again. <laughs> six foot six, two forty. You know who that sounds like? Can't Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. Like if, as far as like why he might be bad, I don't know how good he was, but like there was somebody. Here's somebody say like uh, he's too big. He's too big. <laughs> he's just too big. He's, he's too awkward. big. His 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 throwing motion is too long. I think they were also saying that about Mike Glennon because he's I've like six that, yeah. seven. Jeez, he is six seven. Just awkward. <laughs> so you can be too big to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah. 
too big and too awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, back to the music here. You can't um, tell we're sports fans, dude. Yeah. You can't tell. <laughs> uh, so we are. Um, we got a couple of designs for for shirts. Um, there. Well, yeah. I, we got. I got a couple of ideas okay. for for shirts. Um, and uh, you'll be able to download them on a website near you. Um, but uh, if you want to just tell people about our podcast first, <laughs> you can certainly do that. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcast, aka iTunes, Google Play, Satchel Podcast Player, Overcast, Auto Radio, TuneIn. Um, I think that's all of them. Auto, yeah, you said Auto Radio. Okay, yeah. Cast box. Did you that say Google too. Play? Yes. Yes, they don't yes, leave us I out. Did. Um, and also you can, um, go to our website by the time you hear this dot com. Still no copyright infringement. So they didn't, they didn't call us yet. Um, all it's a blog style website in which you can listen to all our episodes and there'll be links or videos to topics that we have discussed on each episode. You can also uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Now, the website and the Facebook page are both spelled with the letter U, excuse me, the word U, <laughs> the word U in the URL. If you want to get with us on the social media, well, other social media aside from Facebook, you can hit us up on Instagram at by the time you hear this with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, that is also the same spelling with the letter U for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com in which you can send us your questions, comments, show ideas. If you're an independent artist and you just want to get your music out there, we will play it and discuss it and there will be no charge for it. No payola allowed. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah, that will, uh, that's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into some music news here. Um, Let's just get to it with these charts, man. Uh, Despacito reigns supreme so I'm once again. I'm wondering now that uh, do, they, do they call her Queen Tay? I don't know, but I'll, now that she's released her single, will it overtake? She's never been one to have a ton of like chart success, so I don't think it necessarily will. But I'm curious. She's had a couple of number ones. Has she? I didn't think she had. Um, you know what? I take that back. 1989. Yeah, she had she had some number ones. That's when she really. I'm sure, like Blank Space, yeah, and um, yeah. the uh, Shake It Up or whatever. Shake, shake it, off. it Off, maybe. Uh, what's the one? Style. A style, yeah, yeah. maybe God, that one too. Song so boring. <laughs> um, more more on that in a moment. So, uh, number one, Despacito, Reign Supreme. Uh, number two, Wild Thoughts. Number three, moving up in the world, <laughs> Bodak Yellow. Who is that? That is Cardi B from Love and Hip Hop. Oh. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It's Bodak Yellow parenthesis money moves. <laughs> oh, I so, thought that was the name of the, the rapper. Taking her, taking her cue from the 80s. That's Kodak Black. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that sounds like a rapper. But her song is called Bodak Yellow yeah. parenthesis money moves. So she's been listening to 80s music, I think. For <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh So that's number three. Number four, Believer by Imagine Dragons, the 2K Legends. <laughs> Excuse me. I uh, forgot DJ Khaled, uh, the Nick Fury of pop music. Yes. Uh, Attention by Charlie Puth. 
Number five. Just climbing them charts, man. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Number six, Unforgettable by French Montana featuring Sway Lee. Number seven, There's Nothing Holding Me Back by Sean Mendez. Um, I heard that a lot at work so far this week. I don't think I've heard that one yet. They play the uh, some kind of pop station, uh, streaming the pop station on Pandora at work. <laughs> I heard that a couple times. Um, number eight, That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. Number nine, Shape of You by the most influential artist on black music. And number 10, Rake It Up by Yo Gotti featuring Nicki Minaj. I still don't see his appeal. I don't like him that much. Yo Gotti? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I think he, well, I'm not, he, he well, he did the, the Down of the DM song. He goes down. Which was, hey, look, it was, look, I don't know if he was the first one to make a song about the the culture of the direct message <laughs> but it was timely he's the most known right now <laughs> all right and um let's move over to the billboard 200 for the top albums number one uh is science fiction by brand new and which ben probably asked what year is it <laughs> seriously like i bravo you know bravo <laughs> still got it Man, um, what was that like? Two thousand four, two thousand five when I they started. So. They were kind of popular. So. Like that was the, was that the, the emo explosion. Man. Yeah, like my, <laughs> it was um, the quiet places that no one knows or something like that. It was like one of those like long titles or whatever. Was it your favorite weapon? And then they had one of like the few. <laughs> the one of the few short names of those emo bands. So I'm looking at their first record in 2001. Their first single was Jude Law and a Semester Abroad. See, and that was another another trend. We got to do an episode about this. About but. the long. Okay, so this one, yeah, Deja Deja Antandu, the quiet things that no one ever knows. That was 2003. So yeah, sophomore year of college, um, October of 2003. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah the the long names that had the well the lyric that yeah. was not a lyric in the yeah, song it was never a lyric sugar we're going down it's not a lyric <laughs> our lawyers made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued it was not a lyric i write sins not tragedies <laughs> by panic exclamation mark at the disco i remember that uh that video because I, I watched it like uh maybe a couple of months ago uh, the stop going to shows. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, just the you ever listen at a band, Deadly Dying Death on the Side of the Road in the Winter. <laughs> Some of the weirdest, just like that emo phase. And you know what? What's lost in all this? Props to follow up what we're saying. Relevant. Yeah, they they made it to the other side. Props. <laughs> they like, made it to the other side. Because <laughs> like you know, my song "What You Did in the Dark." Yeah. Like they they would they still out here trying to make these long song titles, man. <laughs> From now on, we're friends. Yeah, but that is a lyric in the song. <laughs> true, true, true. So they it's not progressed. Nice songs, so what you did in the dark because you're sitting there crying, like it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Fallout Boy. All right, uh, so yeah, uh, brand new, with the number one album. I don't know how, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, number two, Project Baby 2 by Kodak Black. Number three is Damn by Kendrick Lamar. 
Number four, The Peace and the Panic by Neck Deep. Never heard of them. Let's look them up. I feel like this is one of those bands who are too old to know. Um, hmm. I can't tell if they're a band or a boy band. They're pop punk. So they're probably like another like five seconds of summer or something like that. When no. those bands are boy meets girl or like boys like girls. So is their music on like Nickelodeon and Disney? They look a little too old for that. And they're from the UK. So they probably have a little bit no. of red. But um, they say that their hugest, their um, their sound has been described as a pop uh, a combination of Blink-182, A Newfound Glory, The Wonder Years, Green Day, and The Descendants. And he has stated that A Day to Remember and Fall Out Boy and Sum 41 are cited as influences. Okay. Yeah. So, a little too hard to be on Nickelodeon, but not hard enough to be on, like, Kerrang! or something, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, number five, actually, when we last recorded, um, I think that was on a Monday, so we didn't get the new chart yet, but... They debuted at number one last Kesha week. Rainbow? Okay. Kesha's Rainbow. She was probably the t- top artist, too. I'm going to be surprised. Probably. Uh, number six, and it was number four last week, American Teen by Khalid. Number seven, Grateful by the Nick Fury of pop music. Number eight, Divide by the most influential artist in black music. We're not going to tell you what these are because you yeah, should listen to the you, show. You should know enough. who they are now. Yeah, you should know. Number nine, Paranoia, A True Story by Dave East. And number 10, Evolve by the 2K Legends. <laughs> and just for fun, where is Katy Perry's <laughs> witness? Oh, are we having Katy Perry watch? <laughs> it is number 146, Woo. up from number 157. <laughs> so I wonder how will Taylor Swift make fun of that? <laughs> Let's see. We'll have to see. All right. So, uh, scroll all the way back up to the top here. And we'll. And I'm sure she's going to debut at number one. I feel like that's kind of a. Yeah, that's happening. That's a given. It'll debut at number one. And yeah, I was reading. So she had three singles from 1989 go number one Shake mm-hmm. It Off, Bad Blood, and um, not Style, but. Um, Wildest Dreams? Well, not Wildest Dreams. What was the second Into one? the Woods? We said Or like, Out of the Woods? No, Blank Space. Blank, blank Space. space. Yeah, those okay. are the three yeah. that went number one. So I'm pretty sure, oh, look what you made me do. We'll debut at number one. Um, yeah. Who's the, so are you looking at the artist Hot 100 or whatever? Well, I was trying to pull it up. Um, Let's see. And the website isn't cooperating with me right now. Let's see. So, number one, mm-hmm. it's not brand new. <laughs> it is Bruno Mars. Number two are the 2K Legends. Mm-hmm. Number three is the most influential artist in black music. Number four is is uh, brand new. Okay. Number one, I'm back, um, a week ago, they weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Lamar, number five. Mm. Uh, Sean Mendez, a.k.a. Baby John Mayer, is at number six. The Nick Fury of Pop Music at number seven. Um, the Canadian Disgrace, a.k.a. Justin Bieber at number eight. <laughs> That's stretching. I'm sorry. That's, that was mean. Kodak Black at number nine and Charlie Puth at number ten. And just outside of that, Cardi B. 
Oh, I think she'll I think she'll be in the top ten next week. So here, Kesha last week, number one. See, mm-hmm. she was number one. She fell to fourteen though. So you fall hard. <laughs> <laughs> so by de facto, like brand new, will probably fall out of this one hundred after this is over. Oh, uh, neck deep is number sixteen. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Damn, they were unranked last week. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift is number twenty-two. <laughs> She was number 61 last week. She's going to be number one next week. She will probably dominate. Book it. Yeah. Book it. Whenever the album, when does the album come out? Let's see. Was it like October or something? Or it might be in like two weeks. So I heard it's coming out and I have to fact check this. Um, someone told me it's coming out November 10th. Do you know what happened on November 10th? That is the day, supposedly, I haven't fact Kanye West's mother died? Yes. She took it there. She took it there. I was like, whoa. Search search Donda West. I know she got a Wikipedia article. Search Donda West. How do you spell that? D-O-N-D-A. Yep. November 10, 2007. Yep, I heard it was. I heard that was it. I didn't want to believe it. I did not want to believe that she was that savage. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah. This kind of why I want to call her like the fake news of pop music. <laughs> I can't believe she did that. That's did she sit on the album just to do that? <laughs> like, has this song been done for like months? And she was like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I have an idea. <laughs> Man, okay. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. Um, the VMAs happened. Did anyone watch? Did anyone? I did not watch. So did I you? did read an article that they have lost. Um, the viewership was cut in half, cut by 50%. Um, compared to the previous year, viewership was down from 65 to 5.68 million mark making it the lowest viewed show since 1994 wow and but see the issue was it was airing during the season finale of game of thrones i've never seen game of thrones but i know people are serious about it yeah and that had 12.07 million people watching i think the other thing is um viacom's crusade against the world like who has who has MTV anymore? Like they fight everyone, and you can stream the show online, and they don't account for those stats. Yeah, like they, <laughs> like Viacom CEO has fought everyone. But yeah, because it's not you know if if with a lot of cable companies, it's not part of the yeah. of a, any package. Yeah, they won't they won't go to any streaming services. So if you have Sling TV, PlayStation View, anything like that, you don't get it. So they've basically given given the finger to cut cord cutters. The only way you can get it is to have traditional cable, and people who watch this show don't have traditional cable. <laughs> so I imagine that's just going to continue to happen. And what's weird is that it's kind of weird to where now, like we, we talked about a few episodes, that TRL is coming back. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know how it's going to work now. Yeah, who's going to watch it? Yeah. Who's going to watch it on TV? Yeah. You know, because um, you, can, you can pretty much say that YouTube killed. TRL. Yeah, because you can just watch it yourself. Or the or they or you know, TRL refused to account for YouTube mm-hmm. at least. Um so we'll go through the awards here. Um 
Well, one we knew was going to happen was the Michael Jackson Video, Video Vanguard Video. Award. <laughs> Which Pink. went to Pink. Yeah. Um, we knew that was happening. I, I didn't see her performance. I know she did uh, um, get the party started as oh, part man, of her performance. There you go. You see, like I was hoping I, 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 she's disowned that she, she has disowned that album. She came out and did it anyway. <laughs> she has disowned it. Um, so look at the awards here. Video of the year. Well, Kendrick Lamar, it was his year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was nominated for eight, one, six moon persons. Look, moon <laughs> man. It's moon man. Okay. Moon people. <laughs> uh, so he brought, he won six awards, which were video of the year. Of course. Um, Best hip hop video, best cinematography, best Best direction, best art direction, best visual effects. And yeah, I think that was all of them. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, six awards for him. Um, Okay. Okay. Artist of the year went to the most influential artist in black music. And apparently in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Best new artist went to Khalid. Um, or Khalid, I already forgot what Matt said, how to so, pronounce his name. Did you hear about, um, Young Thug not knowing that he won a VMA? I did not know that. Yeah. Young Thug didn't know he won a VMA. Uh, Young Thug won his for best editing for his video for Wyclef Jean. Uh, did, was he just like sitting there? I don't think he was at the award show. Oh, well. Probably, he was probably watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> probably. But yeah, it just says Young Thug did not know he won a VMA. Um, unfortunately, no one got to Young Thug. The rapper didn't find out until Monday that he had his first VMA. Um, it doesn't say if he just wasn't there. I'm going to assume if he wasn't, if the, he just wasn't there, basically. Yeah. Someone accepted it on his behalf. Uh, well, does he get credit for it? Well, I heard this thing. I heard he wasn't in it at all, really. So, I don't know. Because it's like it's for it was for best editing, so it would go to the editors. Yeah, that's my guess. But if the artist counts as part of the editing team, yeah. I guess. But I don't know. That's 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 kind of like the uh, record of the year, song of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't write it, but I got an award. No, you didn't. No, <laughs> you didn't produce it either. <laughs> um, best uh, well, best collaboration was Zayn and Taylor Swift for "I Don't Want to Live Forever" from the Fifty Shades Darker soundtrack. Which I have never seen. I haven't, I haven't actually haven't even listened to that song. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Best pop video, Fifth Harmony, featuring Gucci for "Down." Never heard that song either. Um, best dance video, Zed and Alessia Cara for "Stay." I haven't seen that video. Uh, best rock video, Twenty One Pilots for "Heavy Dirty Soul." It's a pretty good song. Best fight against the system. Uh, it looks like it was a six way tie. What? <laughs> like, like the what I'm looking at, like the winners are in bold. Yeah, and they just for that, it everyone, it's all in bold. So it was a six way tie. <laughs> um, number. I mean, sorry. Uh, best cinematography that was Kendrick Lamar. Best direction and best art direction. Best visual effects. Best choreography went to Fade. Kanye, Kanye West. West's Fade. Um, yes, the video where Tiana Taylor. Uh, ah, that yeah. one. Okay. Uh, one of the, well, she's listed as a choreographer, along with Guapo, Matthew Pastoriza, Jay Blaze, and Derek Watkins, aka Farnsworth Bentley. Oh, so he was a dancer. <laughs> okay. 
Um, of course, best editing for Young Thug for his uh, Wyclef Jean video. And Song of the Summer, Exo Tour Life by Lil Uzi Vert. They just didn't want to give it to Fonzie. They didn't want to, man, please. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed at MTV. Me too. That's why I only watch Catfish. Oh. <laughs> um. So, yeah, of course, the video Vanguard goes to Pink. Um. Man, this used to be like an event to where, you know, you wanted to pay attention to it. All these people getting together. It was kind of like the alternative Grammys or seemed like more fun yeah. than the Grammys. But now, you know, um, it's hard to. The way that MTV was when we were younger to what it is now, I don't know if it's because we've gotten older mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's clearly not the same, but is it just because, you know, time has passed or? I don't know. It just, maybe we're just getting older. It just doesn't appeal to us anymore. Yeah. Find a young person and ask them, you know, <laughs> do you watch it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, also wanted to, Actually, we'll do we'll do one more and then we'll talk about the the video. Oh, so um, Universal Music had a good second quarter mm-hmm. uh, with the streaming success that uh, that has benefited many an artist in a record company. I guess uh, Universal Music made one point five billion dollars during the second quarter. And you know who I'm seeing a picture of on this article? <laughs> it's Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee. I guarantee. Well, no, when did that song come out? If this is the first quarter, then well, the first oh, half he, of Ben is on a totally different website oh. than I than I am, but has a picture of Daddy Yankee, Luis Fonzi. I have a picture of Luis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee, and Justin Bieber. Oh. <laughs> Same difference. Then. So it's just like that. I'm pretty sure that helped them launch to that much money. So streaming accounted for 45% of revenue, which is good, up from 35.6% from last year during the same period. Uh, Universal Music Group enjoyed a 15.6% increase in revenue for the second quarter. And uh, that is um, uh, nearly 1.49 billion, so uh, almost 1.5 billion. And some, that's incredible, and so it, like the stream, the streaming has worked, man. The streaming they have they have gotten on the the bandwagon for it. So oddly enough, I didn't I knew that Taylor Swift was on Big Machine, but I did not know Big Machine was a part of UMG because 2000 up, 2017 upcoming releases after they had a really good first half, she's on their second half. Yeah, along with Niall Horan from. Um, one Direction. From One Direction. Liam Payne from One Direction. So they could have a big second half of the year as well. Um, and I, I I, almost bet you they're um, the head of the Universal Music Group is probably like, Taylor, get your ass back on streaming. <laughs> like, I, I bet you they said that. Like, that was a setup there. They're yeah. like, okay, look, we'll do everything we can for your next album. All right. But, uh, we we got to stream this other stuff. Yeah. We, we you know, I know it's not a lot of money to you, 
but <laughs> <laughs> you need to get on here and stream. Like. But it's it's some money though. Um, their best sellers of the year included new releases from Drake and Kendrick Lamar. So more life and damn being released helped them out. The 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's, uh, as well as carryover sales from the weekend. Hmm. And also soundtrack releases for Moana and La La Land were among their big sellers. And on a song basis, they did note the success of Despacito. That's why they're on the cover of both articles, <laughs> uh, which has become the most streamed song of all time with over five billion streams across all streaming platforms. So they probably got a nice little because, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. Both versions of it on Spotify had like six hundred million. So that's a big no. They combined, combined it was like one point three billion. Yeah, on spot just on Spotify, like just on Spotify with both versions. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> he probably got a nice little gift. Maybe he got a, a P one like um like the weekend did. Yeah, um, he was in your church shoes, man. <laughs> Love that line. So um. Yeah, congratulations to Universal Music Group, one of three record companies that's still... <laughs> Should we even congratulate them? That's just like two companies are selling all the cookies. I'm like, we had a record quarter. Well, like, yeah, it's like either you or them. Who else is... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they, I guess they did better than... Did they do better than Sony? And what was the other one? What's the other record company? Oh, God, I don't know. Universal, Sony. Sony. Did RCA... Is it RCA? I don't know. <laughs> we know there are more than three, but in real life, there's only three. <laughs> Warner. Warner. Yeah. There we go. All right. The big three. <laughs> so yeah, just, just Google three major labels. It comes up. Major label since 2012, in parentheses, big three. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Let me get myself together here. All right, so I don't know about you, bro, but I, I waited for this the single, and I was so disappointed. I was disappointed. All this hype, all this. Hype. Okay, so look what you made me do. The newest single from the fake news of pop music. <laughs> um, released a single on the twenty fourth of August. The video was released on the 27th during the VMAs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's become the most watched music video in a 24-hour period. And uh, did you say it already passed 100 million views? Yeah. In less than four days. That's how hungry these people were for some time. <laughs> so hungry. Um, <laughs> I have not watched the video. Has, have you watched the video, Ben? No. Nah. We have not watched the video, but we did find something that was a little more entertaining. <laughs> I feel it will be more entertaining in which uh, the YouTube channel, Nikki Swift broke down the video. It gave you all the Easter yeah. eggs and all the references that she makes in this video. Um, very. Uh, when I saw all the, I don't know if you would say she's self-absorbed, self-centered, yeah. self-indulgent. When I saw the the memes with I got hummus in my bag swag, I was just like, I can't watch this. <laughs> so what is like uh my mom from Pennsylvania, my, my dad, dad from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania mixed that pencil with that vein. <laughs> you yeah. get Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, Wow. 
That's so sad. Oh, there was one that I that um I got hummus in my bag and or if my man fucked me good, I take him to Panera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was like Starbucks or something. I've seen several. Panera or the, I got mayonnaise in my bag, which I was like, Hey, I like mayonnaise, so shut up. Which or, also uh, like hummus too, so Okay ladies, now let's gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't watch it. Um so I did. I did go on the um, sub, the Taylor Swift subreddit, and there they take things so personal. Like they can't take a joke. They're just oh. so. They're not self. When you're a super fan, there's no time. There's no space for humor. I guess not because there are like there are clearly like even if she didn't completely rip off Formation, there are some similarities. But it was supposed to be a shot at Beyonce. Oh yeah, I get that, but they didn't But want it was supposed to, to be it. more like, okay, so if anyone's seen the video where she has the eight dancers, one of them is uh I forget his name, but he's like a a singer himself, like mm-hmm. a viral he you know, a lot of his videos have gone viral by like doing remixes of Disney songs and okay. stuff. Um but it was eight guys it was supposed to represent the eight men she is we have known that she has publicly dated. And um, they all had some kind of shirt. It was like T-Swift Fan Club, which was a shirt Tom Hiddleston may have worn. Oh, my God. And then they were all similarly dressed like Beyonce in the Formation video or her Super Bowl performance with Formation or the Single Ladies video. Or the choreography was very similar to the Single Ladies video. Yeah. And the fans just did not want to admit that there were similarities. They didn't want to admit that the song wasn't that great. There are just a lot of things they did not want to admit, and they were getting mad at people for criticizing them about. There was a shot of... Um, I heart TS. That's cheesy. <laughs> there was uh, the her pseudonym, Niles Soberg, Schoberg, yeah. which was her pseudonym for when she co-wrote This Is What You Came For with Calvin Harris and was on a gravestone in the video. There is a, a shot of her show, digging a grave for herself wearing the Met Gala gown she wore in 2014. She uh, There's a shot of her in a bathtub full of diamonds, which you see a single dollar bill, which was her settlement for the lawsuit against the radio DJ. Uh, also in that scene, there was a um, a locket or two lockets that it may have been one that uh, Calvin Harris gave her on their one year anniversary, but the locket is shaped to spell the word no. So what is her beef with Beyonce? Is it just because that's well, what no, started it's because, everything? Because of the, yeah. Okay. Because of the VMAs in 2009. I guess she can't let none go. Hmm. <laughs> I totally expect it. I'm not the, and that's one of, and there's a shot of all of her like 15 uh, 15 selves, which would be all of her videos, and it also includes she's dressed in the same dress holding the VMA moon person. Oh my god. Um, there is a shot of her from the You Belong With Me video where she has the, the shirt, which was like, you know, had some names on it. But I in the video, it had like her squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Selena Gomez. Blake Lively and Ryan uh, Reynolds and some other names. I swear Fall Out Boy did something like this uh, where they killed their old selves and stuff. <laughs> there's a, a scene where uh, she's sitting on a golden throne and it has the phrase et tu brute yeah. in reference to Julius Caesar. 
but there was the Mean Girls reference that oh, we yeah. saw. Oh, um, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, the the with the Katy Perry shot where she's where she's driving, she comes up in a car that's similar to the Katy Katy Perry's car in the Waking Up in Vegas video. Mm-hmm. Their hair looks the same. They're kind of dressed the same, and then she pulls out this Grammy, which Katy Perry does not have. Nope. Get on her <laughs> level. Um. Yeah, there, there's a ton of references in yeah. there. She really went all out, and she did it for such a bad song. And that's the sad part. And which I didn't know she sampled. I've only listened to it once, and yeah, she like actually she sampled it. "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred. Which who who does that? But I guess you know what? It's catchy as hell. So Fred <laughs> Fairbrass and Richard Fairbrass got co-writing credits. Yep, she sent them. <laughs> she sent them flowers and stuff. Uh, this is also co-written by, well, and also Rob Manzoli as a co-writer of, of I'm Too Sexy. But, uh, otherwise it was produced by Jack Antonoff from, from uh, Fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it, another song on her last album too. So they've got some, some history. Oh. So, okay. That also on the shirt mm-hmm. with the names Lena for Lena Dunham, who is his girlfriend. I don't know if they're still dating, but uh Didn't Lena Dunham take a shot at her once? I don't know. I thought she did. It's, well she's on she's on the shirt now, so now she's part of the squad. See this <laughs> see this is what happens when you get the fake news of pop music or the victim and the you know, the the victim and the the victor. I don't know. Like you you can't tell, like did, did, did this person take a shot at her? I don't remember. Everyone takes shots at Taylor, but no one takes shots at Taylor. It's just like you can't remember. You can't remember. It's weird. This is why I call Taylor Swift the fake news, okay? She's trying to uh, like embrace this villain role because everyone calls her a snake or whatever. Mm. You're not a villain. Nope. You're not and this is this and it's so forced. But the it, old you, Taylor's no, dead. It's so forced. <laughs> yeah, the old Taylor's dead. He's a snake now. Just snake. Uh, it's I guess it's a little frustrating because you know, this is she's trying to I guess turn this into something. You know, to make it seem like it's not her fault or you know, she just got wrapped up in this or she has no control over what happens to her. And then you come out with this. I don't know. I, it's funny to me. It's just it's it's so yeah. absurd. It's funny. And her fans are just eating it up. Like cake. Very funny. Um. Well, yeah. So, like I said, I just wish it was a better song. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the song's not the song's not good. It sounds like I told you, it sounds unfinished. Yeah, it sounds very unfinished. You're rushed. Um, maybe the rest of the album will sound better. Who knows? Um, at this point, uh, I mean, like I I was hoping she would she wouldn't continue down the pop road, but. It has it. It was her most successful record, so why not? So yeah, she's no longer a country star. She probably never wanted to be a country star. You're, you're not getting teardrops on my guitar. Yeah, anymore. She probably never wanted to be a country star. She just was like, "How am I going to get in here?" I guess the only thing her dad would bankroll, you know. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, 
this this album's going to be successful. Oh yeah, it's, it, go ahead and be prepared. Album of the year. I don't know if uh, along look- with Damn and Divide. Yeah, and Twenty Four Karat Magic. You think so? I'm wondering if I don't think Look What You Made Me Do will be nominated for Record of the Year. It better not. But there will be a song from this album yeah. nominated for Record of the Year. If there's a Max Martin track on here, it will <laughs> likely be nominated for Record of the Year. Um. Confirmed to have 15 songs. The other titles have not been released yet. There'll probably be another single before the um, before the album actually comes out. Um, also, with promoting promoting the album reputation, <laughs> gotta love that. No, did you the UPS trucks? Yeah, that's funny. It will be the official delivery partner for Reputation. UPS Trucks in Select Cities will feature a decal of the, of the Reputation album cover, and they're encouraging fans to take pictures of the trucks with the hashtag for an improved opportunity to buy concert tickets. Now, this was another thing that um, that kind of it, it kind of bothers me, but it's going to be high demand. So basically, um, you have to. If you buy the album or pre-order it in some way, if you're trying to get concert tickets, you can you get a better chance of being able to buy concert tickets. It's like a PSL for concert tickets. Kind of like that. Yeah. So basically it says she's partnering with Ticketmaster. Those who would like to purchase tickets for her upcoming shows can sign up to be put on a wait list and can also gain wait list priority through a variety of methods, including pre-ordering reputation. So basically you pre-order the album. You have a better chance of getting the concert tickets. Jeez, she's. I wonder what she. She might clear a billion on this. Uh, on this on one. this tour. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm right. like. Uh. Mm. She's got a genius marketing team. I'll give her that. Because she ain't come up with this. She's got a genius marketing team. <laughs> like, put up a video of a snake. And that's it. Like, delete everything else. And just put up a video of a snake. Like, they'll never see it coming. Like, and think about that. Someone had to go through and delete all of her pictures on Instagram. <laughs> someone got someone got paid to do that. Like, probably someone who went to school for a degree. <laughs> like, what's your job? I delete the pictures from Taylor Swift. I delete Swift. Instagram pictures. For Taylor Swift. Oh, that sounds so cool. It's not as cool as you think. You know, it's whatever. Oh, they also had to, like, um, didn't they delete all her tweets, too? Oh, God. Yeah, probably all her tweets, all her Facebook stuff. And it was stuff. the only thing you saw this was the snake, the Facebook mm-hmm. post. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for them. <laughs> they probably went to school for, like, they probably, they're probably like a graphic designer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh Taylor Swift, or I get to do some like some art, or you know make the album cover or something. No, you get to delete my Instagram pictures <laughs> and then design new ones. No, just delete them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay, enough about Taylor Swift. Um, for now, this is probably okay, gonna make the next episode. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. <laughs> look what you made me do, uh, Taylor. <laughs> Where's the uh, that um, R. Kelly, Mr. Big video? I did this to you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in a video with Taylor. No, I'm playing. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want it. All right. So, Ben, uh, tell us about your earworm of the week. 
My earworm of the week is one, not one, it's another number, zero, by the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> um, I have never really been a huge fan of the Smashing Pumpkins, um, but I decided to go and start checking out Melancholy and Infinite Sadness because I know it is, you know, I held it as one of the best albums ever. And um, just kind of wanted to try to understand what people liked about it and found myself listening to Zero over and over and over and over again. Especially when I realized that he used, I think, like five guitars and like a bunch of 12 string like tracks layered over each other. I don't hear the 12 string guitars, but holy crap, does that guitar sound big, big and beefy. So I love that. I love that opening riff. It's beautiful. All right. So this is Zero by the Smashing Pumpkins from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And we'll be right back. Alright, that is Zero by the Smashing Pumpkins from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. That might be an interesting subject one day because I, I, I like, I'm like, as I'm diving into stuff and double CD, 14 tracks on each album. He wrote all but one, all but one on each um, album. Double. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, um, it's one of those albums. Like, I didn't know for a while that it was a double album. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and the track lengths are long. First one is 57 minutes. The second one is 63, almost 60, 64 minutes. Like these were, geez, man, like that's, they made two albums. In one. <laughs> now I see what he gets the respect he gets. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I think that that'd make a good feature episode. Yeah. To talk about that. Yeah. But on this particular episode, talking about another '90s classic. Another '90s classic. Uh, we started the show with the uh, broadcast of VH1 Storytellers, in which Gwen Stefani tells about the song "Just a Girl." Mm. And um, that is from No Doubts. Actually, this was their third album. Yeah, not their first. I think some people think it was their first. Yeah, I thought it was their first for a while. Um, I, then I thought it was their second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was their second album, but no, it's actually their third album. No Doubts Tragic Kingdom, which actually came out in 1995. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, we talked about with like, with Justin Bieber touring for a year and a half, yeah, they basically a long time to support support this album. This album was supported over a period of at least two years, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I guess at the time, if you remember listening to it, or just with any time that you listen to anything from Tragic Kingdom, what was your first thought? Like, what does it remind you of when you hear it? When if you listen to it while we tried to prep for this? <laughs> so. My memory with this goes back to middle school when I first started getting in this type of music and by this type of music, white people music, because <laughs> I'm just being frank. You well, know, just, yeah, yeah, that's basically what it, if if it's not rap or hip hop, it's, it's just it's white people music. Mm-hmm. It's not at the name of this genre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not rock. Like this it's, is, not ska. It's, it's not ska, punk, pop or alternative. It was white people music. <laughs> so. It um, had a brown man in the band. Yeah, you know, what the hell? <laughs> um, I remember, and I can't remember which I heard first, because it was either Don't Speak, because I saw it on pop-up video, or it was Spiderwebs, because I heard all my friend in middle school talking about it, and I saw the video, and I was like, it was a crazy video. It's like, who is this really pale girl um, with her hair done like it's old timey <laughs> and she's got on like plaid pants <laughs> like that's so if you haven't seen that video go watch it it's a crazy looking video and I just remember thinking like this is a really cool song um, then like later on of course I remember seeing you know hearing um, Just a Girl and all that stuff and so um, I, I just can't remember which one I heard earlier but I do remember when I heard Don't Speak I loved 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 that song and I still love, love, love that song. And I also have a random memory of seeing this album sitting at a Kmart. I remember seeing this album at the library. The library, of course. <laughs> <Where else? laughs> and not, not a club or a bar called the library, like the actual your actual library. local public library. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was like, it was either a library or it had to be a library or a um, a radio contest. That seems uh, to be where you have a lot of your music. That's where you get all my CDs. Well, no. Well, those are the ones I got like for free. free yeah. The ones I actually bought, I bought at the PX. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, with this album, this is actually I, one I had to go back and listen to. The only song I was familiar with, like, uh, by the time I started listening to this album, I had already had Return of Saturn. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, listen to that heavy. Um, with this one, had to you know go back and you know it's kind of weird when you listen to someone's album, but they have other material before then, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of it, it can be a little unsettling to see like a like kind of a, a, a well, this isn't as good as their current stuff, mm-hmm. but actually that's something pretty rare to say. Yeah, to where you don't feel the same about something. 
um, that they did before mm-hmm. you think something they did later may be a little bit better. Yeah. Unless we're talking about Lake and Park. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I went back to listen to this album. I was only familiar with Don't Speak from it. Um, actually, I thought Just a Girl was from the previous album or the, the, the self-titled album. Mm-hmm. I thought it was from that, but it was actually on this same, the same album. Um, it was, uh, like to me, to, like, and you, and you might feel this way too. Like don't speak. Doesn't sound like the rest of the album or anything else they've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the closest might be ex-girlfriend and not the heavy parts, but just like the verses. Well, simple s- kind of life. Okay. Which ironically, well, not ironically, which that was her first song that she wrote by herself. She said, yeah, was simple kind of life. And I think it's the weakest song they have. And that's not a shot at Gwen Stefani. Not bad. That's your first, you know, like, Try again, you know, like, you know, only thing is when you're Gwen Stefani and you're a hero to millions of girls across the country and across the world, you get to put it on a record. I think the the lyrics kind of um, people may relate more to the lyrics yeah. than to the song itself, because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a, a deeply personal song. And it's basically about trying to figure out what she wants as far as committing to her career. Yeah. Or being a mom. Was it? I'm t- trying to. Was she with um, Gavin Rossdale at the time? I think so. Okay. And they're divorced now, which broke my heart. And I was like, how can that happen? That was. You know, that's my rock, man. Get <laughs> <laughs> divorced in 2016. Ugh. And then she wrote an album about him. Uh, but this album <laughs> was about an, a fat, a few songs about another ex-boyfriend that she also happened to be working with. You know what? You know what? Rumors alert. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nineties version of rumors. Cause well, I mean, like, kind if of. you think about it too. So in that song, don't speak, she writes about him and in the video, they, it really kind of chronicles how they almost broke up. Yeah, they like, almost right they almost broke video. up while making yeah while making the video for Don't Speak. So double whammy <laughs> <laughs> that it didn't happen, and I you know I, I wonder I can't remember why they almost broke up. I remember they talked about it in the pop up video, but I don't remember why. I think it was about their um, like the direction of their of the album pretty much was. Um, oh, they decided to film it as a form of therapy. Yeah. And the rest is history. They went forward with uh, with making the video itself, but basically about their um, uh, it, it maybe it was just some some stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I think and I they, remember they, them they saying they had been going through stuff with their record company to where they didn't really want to promote this album. Mm-hmm. It was their third album. The first one, it only had one single from it. The second one they made, I think only had one single, but it wasn't really promoted that much. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of like, this was like the, the like the last chance really yeah. with I this think, album. I want to think also there was a little bit of talk about them saying that, um, that uh, it has something to do as well with her, with Gwen Stefani being thrust to the front of the band and it was isolating the rest of the members. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the album cover. Yeah. Uh, to where they're in front of a tree 
it's all all five members of the band. Yes, there were five members. Yeah, some people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was probably going to be the album cover. And then they like, well, you know what? We need to add something else. So let's put, let's like make Gwen Stefani like a pinup girl holding this rotten orange. Yeah. Um, you know, and she's kind of putting, and they kind of like, um, dramatize that in the don't speak video mm-hmm. to where they all, they were all in the picture together, but then Gwen gets this separate shot. Yeah. And, um, her being, I mean, it's going to happen with the lead singer, but it, it can happen in a band to where you know who the lead singer is, but you don't know any of the other members' names. I feel like that's pretty commonplace. I've got pretty commonplace after a while, but it can it can wear on you. But, like it, we we see it all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, the, we don't ever think about how that can affect the, the band, band. At exactly. least not a whole lot. Exactly. I mean, think about it like this. Uh, Somewhere, somewhere close to this, Bush. I know Gavin Rochdale. I don't know anybody else. <laughs> I know Nigel Pulsford only because I read an interview with him. He's not in the band anymore, so I don't know who else is in it. <laughs> with uh, someone like a Third Eye Blind, I know Stephen Jenkins. Yeah, I knew Kevin Cadigan because no you more. told me about him. <laughs> He's not in the band anymore. I don't know who else in the band. <laughs> I know Emerson Hart from Tonic. I met the guitar player. Don't know his name. <laughs> they sign stuff. Don't know his name. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they. It, it, I mean, it 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 happens. Yeah, it really does. It, it's happening. It it you know it continues to happen. We look at someone current like uh, like DNCE. That has one of the Jonas Brothers. Whatever. I know that much. Uh, yep. <laughs> don't know, I don't know the crazy Asian girl looking Asian girl. I don't know the crazy looking other dude with the little tuft of hair on the top of his head. Yeah, no, those they're, they're they're weird looking. So it can it continues to happen, mm-hmm. but um, you know I don't think it bothers bands from the from the outside. But if if it seems like the lead singer is. Uh, if they're enjoying that attention too mm-hmm. much or if it's getting to their going to their head or something like that. Probably bugs I, them. I don't know if that was the case with no doubt, mm-hmm. but if they were about to break up, then that, that may have been a part of it. Yeah. Um, with this, uh, and while we said, like, you know, like Ben said, the rumors alert, <laughs> we've talked about, we had an episode, we talked about rumors in which, you know, if there's someone to a couple in the relationship and there's, there are issues, how do you still work together? Yeah. Um, I remember watching the behind the music on, uh, on no doubt and while they were making tragic kingdom. Uh, I think it was Tony who's like, Oh great. Another song about, <laughs> Another song about me, (laughs) or someone else said, "Like, oh, great! It's another song about Tony." Um, So, I guess for since you you've been in a band or you are in a band, anyway, um, (laughs) for something like that to where if if you were in that situation Mm -hmm. to where if you if you were dating the lead singer and you broke up with her out of nowhere apparently and y'all were still going to work together and then you figure out she's writing songs about you and you have to play those songs (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, they better be good songs. Like, that's all I'd have to say. Like, if you're going to diss me, at least make it catchy. Like, don't make me get up there and play a bad... Like, if it was a bad song, it would be even worse. Like, not only is it about me, but it sucks. Like, it's <laughs> a bad song. It would be weird. It'd be so awkward, though. Like, I think back to exes I have, exes I have now, I don't even communicate with some of them. Let alone do I play in a band with them where I'm singing about myself. <laughs> like, nah, that'd be weird. That'd be very weird. I don't I don't know if I'd like it. Like, we'd have to blow up for me to be okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those situations to where I get, it worked out for, it worked out for them. Yeah. Like this is their most successful album. And they continue to work together. Too. And they still work together. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I think now they formed an, another band without her. Oh, the dream With the car. lead son, lead singer of AFI. Yeah. That, they're not bad. They sound very eighties, but not bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, may, they, I, I don't know if it was like. Maybe these news outlets are trying to make it seem like, oh, she didn't know or was done behind her back. Oh, God. Um, I think they wanted to do something a little different, and she is busy judging the voice. So <laughs> they probably just wanted to do something, period. Like, <laughs> and she had her solo stuff. So, yeah. you know, um, that doesn't mean we can't do anything. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> if, like, if we were a band struggling in the middle of Nebraska in the winter with no prospects, I'm out. <laughs> Like I'm not saying, I'm not staying in this band with you or you got to leave or something like it's it's not going to work. Yeah. Um so as we said there were five members in the band. Uh the fifth member was Gwen Stefani's older brother Eric Stefani. Um who uh his how we put this one of his major influences I think in music was like was ska music, particularly Madness. Mhm. Uh, for a while, I thought he was in the band Madness, but I think like that's just part of the their influences as far as him. Uh, as far as when No Doubt was formed, the the ska music of uh, or the the two tone or there is there were several names for <laughs> for that genre of okay. music. Two tone ska. Um, Basically, listen like Madness and the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm but at the same time, at, yeah. yeah, the English beat, Engl- uh, the okay. specials, you know, uh, that was a big influence on No Doubt Sound. And it kind of brought about a ska revival in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like when No Doubt is successful, the, what do other record companies do? They try to mm-hmm. find bands that sound just like them. Oh, yeah. Um. And this was, and then he, during, <laughs> while promoting this album, he left the band. Well, and it, 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 it was, it was for a, a cool job. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, Simpsons. it was only to be an animator on the Simpsons no, no <laughs> and the Ren and Stimpy show. No big deal. So, <laughs> you know, he has other talents. <laughs> but what gets me is I wonder what could have been like, you can't tell me that the guy who wrote the music to don't speak doesn't have anything else in him. Yeah. I think we were robbed of what would have probably been a songwriter with a, a good long career. I honestly think if Eric Stefani stays in the band, we don't wait five years for Return to Saturn. Or Return of Saturn, excuse me. I don't think we wait five years for that. I think, um, honestly, I think by 98, we'd probably get, because I think he, on the road, he'd be writing new material. Yeah. Like, and I think, yeah, like you said, part of it was the fact that I'm, I'm reading here now, 
that they released um, seven singles between 95 and 98. And they were probably touring for most of that time. But I think right after they got done, Eric Stefani would have probably, you know, wanted to get back. He would have he had at least a, a couple songs, yeah. a few songs maybe ready. Yeah. Um, and then working with Gwen, like, you know, Don't Speak, he wrote with Gwen. Mm-hmm. If they were, they would have been working together or they, you know, there would have been something there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I think, and it was also, but, you know, it really, it, uh, looking back, maybe that's not a big deal at the time when the album came out. Like, yeah. wow, it's already been five years, you know, it really from the last single, it was two years. Mm-hmm. So maybe it didn't, seem so noticeable but i think now five years five years between albums i mean even if you're you're not getting three years to release all those singles from one album you are you may get two or three and they're going to be within the first nine months Mm -hmm. two i'm going to say nine months i'm not going to say on top of each other basically yeah you got to release one before like a couple months in this mm-hmm. case with Taylor Swift, a couple months yeah. before the album comes out, one right before the album comes out, mm-hmm. and then maybe another one two months after. So yeah. we're talking about five, six months. Three singles. <laughs> three singles. And then you're gonna then you go on tour for a year and a half. And that's only if you're established. <laughs> if you're established, yeah. you you releasing that single and hoping that it catches fire. So that you can, you know, even have a chance to release the or album, the, uh, or or even a second single. Yeah, yeah, the album may still come out, but do you yeah. get a second single? Yeah. Um, and here they yeah. are, ninety-five to ninety-eight, releasing singles and touring, and yeah. And so it kind of makes me wonder, like, by the time Return of Saturn came out, did we care anymore? Because I think, like, when they released New for that movie for um, Go for Go. Um, in 99 and I, I still remember when that came out there was kind of a like a like a fervor for no doubt like people were the anxious thing was that, I don't no think that music. that song wasn't even a hit not that much of a hit oh, no. it was like critically panned yeah um, that it's it's one of my favorites likewise, likewise. <laughs> actually it's, it's probably uh, yeah. one of my favorite songs by them period like it's a really good riff kind of similar to Just a Girl which has also had a very good riff mm-hmm. so yeah um. Yeah, and that's another yeah. thing I like. So, like, um, in addition to "Don't Speak" being, um, one of you know their most musically, um, just you know musically tight songs. I think "Just a Girl," in my opinion, was probably one of my favorite riffs of all time, and I think one of his one of the best riffs that he's written that Tom Dumont has written. Um. And I was just asking Greg before the show, Matthew Wilder of um, of uh, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down fame produced this album. And I have to wonder, like, you know, the synth solo in the middle. I wonder, did he have anything to do with that? Because it just seems out of place. Uh, and I don't want to say out of place. It fits the song, but it doesn't seem like something. It was on Just a Girl? Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just to give it something yeah. else, you know, uh, on tour, no doubt does have, they do have two other like touring members with him, uh, just to give it something else, to give it a, a, you know, a poppier sound or kind of break the, um, or maybe, or to have some, I guess they, they do have, the band has new wave influences, mm-hmm. uh, with the synthesizer being a part of that. I don't know. Oh um, my goodness. so I'm reading here the opening riff that DeMont uses. 
was taken from an earlier effort by keyboardist Eric Zafani. Good lord, is there anything he did not give them? <laughs> his finger, like his fingerprints, are all over this. Oh Jesus, man! And really, not on much else they've done after that. It is seems like that. Why they haven't? Do- well, I mean, granted, also more, you know, more records were being sold in the '90s, but like they've never come close, in my opinion. Maybe rock steady, but that was just because of the influences on the record, as far as like the dance hall influence. Yeah. And they really went back to like some heavy reggae it was, roots. It was reggae along reggae and new wave. Yeah, they showed their reggae and new wave influences. Like his, oh god, what's that song with Lady Saw? Straight reggae. Underneath it all. Underneath it all. Straight reggae. Um, I bet they had fun playing that. One. <laughs> But, like, yeah, just looking here to see, like, what Eric Stefani gave to them. And I don't want to say gave to them because I don't want to make it seem like none of them none of them have talent. But, like, I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that they just haven't been able to duplicate this sort of what he did. Well, because of. Of what his what his musical influences were, they that that is what this album is. Yeah. And. If he's like the, if he's writing the songs, he's a producer. He's kind of helping to drive what they sound like. Yeah. And he leaves. Yeah, they are all talented mm-hmm. musically in their own right. But where do like how do they? They had to like become real artists and, and creators mm-hmm. uh, in the short amount of time. You know, it's kind of like what those, well, this was their third album, but since <laughs> we can act like it's their first, really, <laughs> you know, you have, this was their third chance, but it's kind of like one of those you have forever to make your first album. Mm-hmm. And not too long. And to not too long second. to make that <laughs> second one. <laughs> you know, um, it was kind of one of those instances to where he, he was, he was the heart of that, of the band. Yeah. And then he leaves. And now, you know, what do they do now? Do they want to continue or, you know, how can they continue? What do they, what do they do now? Yeah. Um, I just really want to know, like, what yeah. we could have gotten had he stayed. You know, I just, I'm so, I'm just so curious to know what we could have gotten. Yeah. It, it would be, um, it would, it would be interesting. I think they probably would have sounded. They probably would have had a, an album that sounded like Rocksteady sooner. Sooner. Yeah, yeah. Or would the record company say, as they often do, "We want another Don't Speak." Because <laughs> that's, that's what they'll do. We talked about it with um. When with is that noise? We want another Waterfalls. We yeah. want another Don't Speak. That's what we want. When has that ever happened? Never. <laughs> that, like, I don't get like, and, and record companies will still well, continue you know what to it do does, that. You know but when does that though? happen? Eminem. We need another My Name My is. Name is, so okay. The Real Slim Shady. Shady. We need another Real Slim Shady. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> uh, um, oh, that was Without Me. Okay, yeah, without we need yeah. another Without Me. Then it was like, Just Lose It. Yeah. <laughs> we need another Just Lose It. He was like, No Mas. Uh, it was like then, we need to just lose it. They made um, yeah, we made you. We made oh, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> after that, I was like, then he started working with Rihanna, and yeah. like they what monster and um, love the way you love lie. the way you lie. We yeah. need another love the way you lie. Monster. Then monster. 
All right, that's one. Okay, one guy. We already and that is one guy who was able to do that. That's why he's one of the greatest of all time. Because he basically he probably did it while giving them the finger. Well, I know what like like I know we're getting off topic, topic, but my name is was the last song he made for the album. Yep. And then the real Slim Shady was the last, last song, song he made, made for the album. <laughs> but I really do think they probably would have wanted because I mean like Spiderwebs, good song. Just a Girl, good song. One song we haven't mentioned yet, Sunday Morning, which I know was a single but wasn't a huge single, was good as well. But, like, none of them broke through. Like, just, um, not excuse me, but um, Don't Speak was so big that they re-released Just a Girl off of the success of that single and it shot up to number three. Like, that's how big Don't Speak was. Don't Speak was so big that Chris Rock, one of the blackest comedians out there, stood up on stage and sung it. Like, yeah. that's how big that song was. <laughs> it was huge. So, like, I can't imagine... I can only imagine they'd want another Don't Speak. they like, break up with someone else. Write a song. That Gavin guy, he's cheating on you. Write another Don't Speak. <laughs> now, um... It looks like here that Eric Stefani left for a specific reason. Well, not just to be... An animator. An animator. <laughs> Uh, he did study animation, yeah. um, but he did not want to relinquish creative control to Matthew Wilder. Ooh. What? So can't nobody hold Eric Stefani down except uh, Matthew Wilder. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, huh. and, what, and what's interesting that eventually on the next album, they stopped working with Matthew Wilder. I think he did like one song. On the on Return of Saturn, so they started working with Glenn Ballard, who people may recognize from working with Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. on Jack Little Pill. Um, so is Matthew Wilder to blame for all of this? I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of want to ask now, and we could honestly we could get Matt to ask him. Mm. <laughs> Matt's got the inside connection. That would well, I don't know if we could have gotten him. That'd been interesting to have him on to ask him about. Tragic Kingdom. Like, what were those recording sessions like? Um, that's crazy. And I wonder would he share the same view of, or share my view that, you know, Eric Stefani was the talent of that band, or he'd be like, nah, he wasn't the talent. Like, it was all Gwen. Gwen sat down to that piano. <laughs> I was just like, you and me. And Eric was like, go on. <laughs> 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 so and I'm, and I'm kind of curious yeah uh, what's interesting about this here is they recorded the album in 11 different studios mm-hmm. I feel like that's I mean how do you avoid being completely inconsistent uh, totally like it, it feel like it's an incomplete album having a good by going to different different spaces having a good producer like Matthew Wilder <laughs> who played keyboards on just a girl <laughs> I'm telling you man he was just I, I don't know that's just I, I I've never heard anything else that he's produced but damn good job on this one looking here at his production credits um it doesn't show actually his production credits because it's just more of a his, you know, his other stuff. So, yeah, he did a seven oh two album. Uh, 
Uh, producer Christina Aguilera, Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Clarkson, Miley Cyrus. Um. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna try to see which 702 album he did because that's amazing. Um. So, do you have a favorite song from Tragic Kingdom? Um. I like Happy Now. Okay. Um, another song clearly about Tony, and which he actually has a co-writing credit for. It. But <laughs> um, I think that is, I mean, even the, like, okay, Don't Speak is like the, the ballad about a breakup. Mm-hmm. Happy Now is the, you know, kind of like the... You broke up with me, but now you want me back. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. That's that's not that's not happening. You know, no. it's kind of one of those songs. Um, and you know, I think that's the uh, that song is a demonstration of what I think she was really feeling at the time. You know, the "Don't Speak" is if you're crying. "Happy Now" is if you're just mad. Mm. You know, so the, I like the kind of the contrast on that. And good thing they're not back to back tracks. That is, that would be too much <laughs> for someone to deal with if, you know, especially if they enjoyed the album. But that's the one I like the most. I'll give you guys a sample of that. You know, we're supposed to be playing music on yeah, this show. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. So we'll play a little bit of Happy Now. You know, this kind of sounds like White Wedding. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. So many songs about Tony. <laughs> so, um, uh, as written by Kenneth Partridge and Bill Board, he said the songs lyrics involved their feelings towards t- Tony Canal, adding that it was written about the guy that got away and who was standing a few feet away with the bass around his neck. <laughs> Like it's, uh, it's, it's, and then she's like taunting him by the end of the song. Mm-hmm. You're by yourself, all by yourself. Um, and you know, so it's like, well, hey, you made your decision, and and you have you have to stay with that. You have to stick with that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think some people have like rooted for them to get back together. I would, I wouldn't want them to. It's like that's, I don't know. I mean, they've been friends for life. Yeah, I mean, at this <laughs> but point, I don't know. I don't, I don't. That's not a good idea. No, especially now that she's divorced and they're older, and no, nah, it's not a good idea. I mean, he probably got he he got kids. I'm sure he has kids. <laughs> that's that's just. Uh, and are they going to call Gwen mommy? Yeah, you know? she she's been Auntie Gwen this yeah. whole time. No, I don't think so. I'm seeing. I'm looking here to see if he's married. No, he is. I don't think he's married. Huh. Hmm. I don't see it happening. So that is happy now. Um, oh no, he is married. He's married to um, Aaron Lokitz. I don't know who that is. Let's look her up. She doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so she's not famous. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a good actress. <laughs> 
she even pretty? Like, did he downgrade? She's alright. She's no Gwen. Okay. But who is? <laughs> um, what's your favorite song on it? So I'd, I'd have to say, other than Don't Speak, <laughs> <laughs> um, it has to be Just a Girl. Um, just because it's just, it's so upbeat. It's so fun. It's so energetic. And the video where she's doing the push ups, like it's just everything about it, like that riff, like, like just the way, like, and then, like, so one thing, and this is something that I didn't agree with you on until I started to pay attention. I remember in college, you once said that you felt that Tony Canal was a very underrated bass player. And I was thinking in my head, like, yeah, no, he's not. And then I went and started listening to No Doubt, and I was like, he is. Like, his bass line on this song, so good. Um, he's playing all over the track. Um, even using, like, you know, some, like, you know, some inverted chords as far as, like, you know, inverted meaning playing, um, playing something other than the root of the chord. So if you have a G chord, and you want to play, like, a G over B. Um, G, B, D is the triad that a G major chord is based on. So if you're playing an inverted chord, you might play the third. Um, the third being the, um, the, the B. So instead of playing in the bass, playing the G, you play the B, and it gives it a different sound. And he does that during the synth solo. He starts kind of walking up the bass, playing some of those, like, thirds and, and, and sixths, and not, I don't know why I can't think of, not the seconds, but the seconds and the thirds. Instead of just playing, you know, the root note. It sounds pretty cool. It's a very common thing to do for bass, but it just sounds really good when he does it. Like, he does it there, and he does it at the end of the song as well, when they bring back that synth part. At the, they do the reprise of the synth part, but I love it. I love it. So we can get to it here. But, like, doom, 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 doom. I love it. It's so awesome. Played by Matthew Walter. <laughs> so it comes right here. Where it kind of goes up. Like he's not playing the bass anymore. He's going up a little bit. He does it again when they reprise this part as well. And I love it when people do that. And I hate it whenever I would cover a song and the bass player wouldn't do it. <laughs> like if I ever played a song that had an invert, like had inverted, had inverted chords, and like you're supposed to, like I'm not supposed to play the root right here. Like it adds a different feeling to it. Yeah, um, I think in the kind of that, like with with that, if if it's not played, it's very noticeable. Exactly. Because I think a lot of times, like for me, like I would anticipate something like that if yeah. I, you know, exactly. I, and I did. I would always <laughs> anticipate that change. And if it wasn't there, it would throw me off. <laughs> so when I listen to this song, like I love to hear that. And when I hear bands who cover these songs and they don't pay attention, I'm like you didn't really learn the bass line, like. <laughs> So that's just that's one of my one parts I liked about this song. But I threw this on my um, I finally made a list of playlists of like my favorite bass lines. And I throw this one on here. So I think I threw that and um, ex girlfriend might be on there too because he really does well on that one. Where I feel he carries he carries that song. I think ex girlfriend. Yeah. There's not much going on there. It's very sparse. Um. See, that was just a girl. Uh. What's uh, is there a song that kind of it may be a non-single or anything else that kind of like sticks out to you? Mm. 
Well, it's I know it was a single, but I didn't feel like it was a single. Sunday morning because of his energy. Um, I was never a huge fan of this song until Matt, who was on our last show, and the other Matt, who was on another show. Mm-hmm. Um, every time we had a practice, like you would hear Matt, the drummer, start playing this. Like he would start playing this intro, and you hear guitar player Matt playing doom 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 doom. He played that on on guitar. And they just start like dun 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 dun, and it was I think I think one of the reasons Matt guitar player liked playing this so much is because he's a huge ska reggae fan. Like he loves 311, Jack Johnson, all those sorts of artists. He likes that, and so I think he liked playing. I just think they just like playing that part, <laughs> and so that's when I started becoming familiar with it and thinking like, all right, this is pretty good. I love Adrian Young's um, drum tone there. Um, I like how like the guitar and the bass kind of match each other a lot of times. I saw a band play this once. It was really good. It was at a competition down at Re-Raw. Um, they played this and moves like Jagger. They, this one sounded much better. Um, and I just remember like being in the other room and hearing that bass and the, and the drum intro and like running to the next room <laughs> to be like, are they really going to play this? They're really going to play this. Oh, God. So... Yeah, it's just, it's a really fun and energetic song, and I bet they probably had fun playing it. And it makes me think that, so like, in the in the video for Don't Speak, where it shows them on stage jumping around, I'm like, there's no way they're playing Don't Speak. They're probably playing this. <laughs> and they're probably playing Sunday Morning, or probably another one of their upbeat ska songs from their past albums, but there is no way they were playing Don't Speak. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that would be a little a little too much. Yeah, like jumping around, like, don't speak, jump around. Just, <laughs> that's too intense. Like, if you're doing that, it has to be like a screamo version, like on Pop Ghost Punk. Oh, God. <laughs> it has to be something that sounds like that. So would, is that what we get if they had Pop Ghost or Punk Ghost Pop back then? <laughs> like, don't speak by no doubt, and it's just like screaming, don't speak. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Write that down. That needs to be an episode, too. The phenomenon of the punk goes pop albums. <laughs> and how it's not punk anymore. It's just screaming. Metal. Yeah, it's not even screamo. It's just yeah, screams. That's all it is at this point. Yeah. yeah not to uh, be confused with uh, Sunday Morning by uh, Maroon 5. The Adam Levines. Yeah. Which Adam I, and the Levines. Ironically, if I remember correctly, they both have the same tone for the music video. Like the same like look and everything. Yeah, I think they have the same exact look. I was just like, how do they do that? <laughs> um, what do you think is like the like for me? Like okay, like you said, when "Don't Speak" became this this hit, mm-hmm. and "Just a Girl" was re released. Mm-hmm. I think that happening back to back is what made Gwen Stefani kind of like this. Uh, this alt rock star, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as being and then, then being a female, she became an inspiration to a lot of artists, yeah, uh, or just a lot of girls in yeah. general. Um, because she wasn't as angry as Alanis Morissette, or as yeah. angry, and I use air quotes because I thought there's only one angry song on that album, Negative <laughs> Pill. The rest of them were just kind of re- reflectory, reflect, reflective, reflective, yes. Um, but like, I remember reading an article, so I used to subscribe to Disney Adventures. I don't know if you remember that magazine. No. 
Disney Adventures was a magazine for kids. Um, I don't think it exists anymore, but like back then, of course, I was a kid, so I subscribed to it. And I remember reading an article, and it talked about the influence that Gwen Stefani had had on young girls. Um, and like it talked about like how belly shirts, because she always wore those belly shirts, the sales of those had gone up. Hopefully, they all had stomachs like hers. She had a very nice stomach. They talked about how like henna tattoos got popular because she would wear henna tattoos every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and like looking back on that, especially in the eyebrow music, jewelry too, eyebrow jewelry. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't much. There weren't many female rock singers. Like nowadays, they're everywhere. Like everyone's like Haley Williams is such a trailblazer. Like no, Gwen Stefani. Was that as Kaylee Williams? She's going to say Gwen oh, Stefani yeah, I'm, is, a, I'm is an sure influence. Kaylee <laughs> Williams was very inspired by Gwen Stefani. I, as a matter of fact, I think a lot of uh, female singers in the 2000s that had, had came out with like were coming with her singing style. Um, I still maintain that Ashley Simpson stole her singing style from Gwen Stefani. She just don't do it as well. Um, and it's just you 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 start to see it like it was you know it was about a decade later, but you started to see the influence of all of these girls who grew up on Tragic Kingdom, on Don't Speak, probably weren't really around for Return of Saturn, but they heard Tragic Kingdom. And, like, it's just, she was, she kind of wasn't original. I mean, like, I know you had a few rock stars in the 80s, but as far as the 90s, it was really, it was Alanis Morissette, and as far as I can remember, Gwen Stefani. I think it's it's uh, what, what also makes, what also sets Gwen Stefani apart is with this genre in general with yeah. the with the sky new wave in general not a lot of females mm-hmm. not a lot of not a lot of female voices i mean if gwen stefani was inspired by new i mean maybe uh i mean it wouldn't be so much pat benatar mm-hmm. patty smith nothing like that it'll probably be like uh whoever the lead singer for like berlin was yeah. or um she had more of a jazzy sound to her voice too than anything. Um, Missing Persons okay. is another new wave band that you know she may have been, she may have liked. Um, yeah, she had. Again, sh- like she like with the, with the clip that we started with, you know, it's a lot of bands with like the a guy as the lead singer, and, and she has to deal with that. Yeah, so that may have added to her to her style with just trying to. Um, her boy, her voice will be big enough to carry a song mm-hmm. like that, or you know, to to even fit with this kind of genre because it normally it normally doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, not that it normally doesn't. It's that it's something that you haven't really seen a whole lot of. Yeah. So I'm looking here. Her Gwen's parents were fans of folk music, and exposed her to artists like Bob Dylan and Amy Lou Harris. So early on, she's getting that type of exposure. Um, and then likely her brother, you know, likely is who introduced her to Scott music and things like that. Yeah. Um, like I just, I hear so many different things in her voice. Um, I hear a lot of jazz and then I hear like every now and then, like you just hear, like you hear that ska punk kind of sound, like, um, how she was singing, um, at one part in, um, in excuse me, mister. And, in Sunday morning, like you, you kind of hear there's, it's, all over the place, so to speak. But then just went very, very pop when she, of course, started doing her stuff and her solo stuff. Her solo she stuff. She became a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> well, her persona. Her yeah. persona was like a rapper. Yeah, because I mean, well, I think it kind of started with her guesting on that Eve song, Let Me Blow Your Mind. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
And she's from California. Makes sense, you know. <laughs> um, That's what those California girls are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess as far as, like, how do you look at Tragic Kingdom as far as no doubts, uh, as far as their, you know, their, their history or, you know, what they are, their place in their place in history. I mean, well, it went diamond. So, I mean, yeah. they're seen as one of the biggest selling acts of the nineties. And I just think that they weren't really able to, I think had they done, and I, and I mean, they were okay by the time rock came out, they were still eating off of tragic kingdom, but I think they could have been bigger. Like, how do you, like, you know, kind of like, I think of almost like a, uh, uh, God's what that? Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. You know, with Rear Crack View. Crack they, Rear View. Crack Rear View. And they followed I it up friends with, who like, would, um, who would definitely correct you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and then they follow it up with Fairweather Johnson. And they just can't seem to duplicate it, you know? And so they go. See, from, that was their record company. One of them, too. Uh, they, we want another, I only want to be with you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so you, you're like, man, they, what could have been, you know, what, what, why weren't they able to keep up that momentum? You go from having one of the, which I almost seem, feel like every other album was one of the biggest albums ever in the nineties. Cause they just sold so well. If you had like three hit songs that had mass appeal, um, it makes you wonder had they been able to follow up return of Saturn. I mean, not return of Saturn, um, tragic kingdom with a better offering than return of Saturn, which, you know, critically acclaimed, but I don't think it, it didn't sell nearly no. like tragic kingdom. Um, looking here, 1.5 million. That's a huge drop from uh, 16. Yeah. 16 worldwide, 16 million worldwide. Yeah. And what's also interesting is that tragic kingdom reads number one, on the, the, the album, mm-hmm. it reached number one on the charts. December 1996. Mm-hmm. The album came out October 95. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a long climb, but it was when they got there, it was worth it. And so, I mean, like it's and it's I don't know whose fault that is, per se, but like you just got to wonder how much bigger could they have been? Would but then also if you know they did have a huge follow up to Tragic Kingdom, does that hurry Gwen Stefani's solo career? Does she leave quicker? Because her first album, her first solo album was uh, Love Angel Music Baby. Yeah, and that was what two thousand four. I can't remember exactly. It was around that time, two thousand four, two thousand five. So you have to wonder, like you know, would she have gotten on someone's song? Two thousand four. Yeah, would she have gotten on someone's song singing a hook earlier? Because there were other female rappers she could have probably sung a hook for before Eve. Would she have gotten on their song sooner? And that would have just, you know, hastened her, you know, her getting that solo career. Was it a, was it better for them to come out with um, Rocksteady first? And then she's, of course, able to, which, God, I didn't realize Rocksteady came out in 2001. Yikes. Um, so was that better for them as a band to do that? Because, yeah, if Eric stayed, we probably would have gotten a rock steady sooner. But um, would it have been as good? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Because rock steady was a pretty good album. Not if Matthew Wilder had anything to say. But as <laughs> <laughs> he come out and like he just ripped it, he's like, you know, it's no Tragic Kingdom, you know. <laughs> and I worked on Tragic Kingdom, so I'd know. And I just, you know, I walked in there the first day, and you know, I threw the gold record down. 
for nobody's gonna hold me back. <laughs> Can't nobody hold me down. Just put the gold record on the table and said, "Do you want this? Do you want this?" And Eric Stefani spoke up as, like, shh, 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 "Do you want this?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> Rocksteady uh, it sold two point eight million in in America. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I just made Matthew Wilder like um, like uh. Like God, what is his name? Not Phil Jackson, but um, Pat Riley. Pat Riley throws <laughs> throw his rings on the, on the <laughs> throw his rings on the table. Matthew, Matthew Wilder. Wilder throwing down. He's throwing down that record, man. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I need, son. Yeah, I don't know. Why I just did that, but yeah, I mean, Rocksteady, of course, is not going to sell as well because by two thousand one, well, actually, no, people were still buying records back then. In yeah, two thousand one. So when did Napster start coming around? Two thousand. Ninety nine, two thousand, yeah, yeah. Well, more people figured out how to use it yeah. <laughs> by two thousand two, two thousand three, mm-hmm. um, and so the uh, the CD buying craze kind of phased out, and that's why we don't have Circuit City anymore. Goodness, I did um, not realize that Hella Good came out, and I was in high school. Yeah, when Hella I, Good, I bought came that out. CD at the PX. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would yeah, have sworn to you that Hella Good came out when we were sophomores. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it would have been around that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, All right. But yeah, I just have to I have to wonder what would have happened. And maybe this is like the the Michael Jackson thing with, you know, following up Thriller with Bad and yeah. following up Tragic Kingdom with it, Return of Saturn. Look, it. people can have unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, record companies, all they want is something that's going to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that's, it, look, it's a, it's a, it's an old story. Yeah. It's a, it's a story told time and time again. And, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with them. But, you know, at least in the pop music, uh, history, in the history books, you know, you can look at Tragic Kingdom as one of those albums that, um, that made Gwen Stefani an icon. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was one another one of those game changers to where, um, you know, they kind of, I don't say they would, they dared to be different. They just were who they were, but it sounded different to a pop music audience. Yeah. And, uh, and here, here they are today, you know, able, they're still doing it. They mm-hmm. have a, you know, they're able to work with a different lead singer. Gwen Stefani is a household name to yeah. middle America. Mm-hmm. And, um, all because of this yeah. moment in time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, thank you to, and thanks to, you know, Eric, Eric Stefani for yes. this. <laughs> you think she still sent some thank you cards? Gwen Stefani mm-hmm. sends her brother thank you cards. Or just like at Christmas, she buys some nice gifts. Because I mean, like you can make good money as an animator on The Simpsons, um, but I'm sure the voice pays more. Just throwing that out there. Well, he's he he's probably still getting some nice don't speak royalties. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Because I would like that's like not to be like oh you owe him, but like he helped you write Don't Speak, and without Don't Speak, you're just another ska band from California. <laughs> <laughs> 
And be like, that's, and I don't mean that to be an insult, but you are literally just another ska band from California. No one knows who don't, who no doubt is without don't speak. Yeah. And, um, I just want to touch on this a, a little bit. You know, you, we wonder what would have happened if Eric stayed. Mm-hmm. What if, uh, what if John Spence was still around? So what did he do? I know he was one of their founding members. He was like the original lead singer. Oh. Oh, yes. I remember that from um, Behind the Music. Okay. Yeah. Not this. I don't think this happens. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I think the, their, their arc would have been different. Yeah. If he were still the lead singer. Um, maybe Gwen still does solo stuff. I don't know if it's going to be along the lines of a hollaback girl, but <laughs> she would still, you know, I think she would still have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but does a don't speak happen? Hard to say. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it would be hard to say yes. Yeah. You know, um, take it even further. What if Tony yeah. cannot don't break up with her? <laughs> we don't get don't speak. We get, um, we get speak to me or something or like I love you or let's get married you know they would well spider webs would have been pushed really really hard and yeah. then that would have been it we may mm. have never heard from them again so another band Scott Band from California yeah that that would don't speak is the most important breakup song of all time yeah <laughs> um, so many things don't happen <laughs> yeah if yeah. that song doesn't hit yeah alright so that'll do it for our our uh, discussion on Don't Speak uh, and the other songs no. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on Tragic Kingdom. Isn't there an album called that? No, that was Derek and the Don- Layla and other sort of love songs. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Tragic Kingdom uh, is a, it was another one of those game changing albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll do it for our discussion on that. And uh, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Which earworm is? Uh, this is a uh, song I listened to a lot uh, last week. It was on my Discover Weekly playlist last week. Okay. This is uh, an artist named Zach Witness. I think he's from Atlanta. That's kind of safe to say nowadays. He's <laughs> from Atlanta. Doesn't say. No, he's from Dallas, actually. Oh. He's from Dallas. But he uh, produced an EP, put together an EP, in which he takes music. Uh, well, he first came on the scene for, uh, he did some production for um, Erica Badu's uh, But You Can't Use My Phone. Oh, okay, okay. And he got to work with Andre 3000. And. Uh, to say thanks for inspiring him, I guess mm-hmm. he makes um, he made a, a, an EP called Electric Revival Rise of an Outcast Nation, in which he uses different parts of outcast songs hmm. and makes tracks out of that. Nice. OK. <laughs> um so it's an EP electric revival rise of an outcast nation. The song that I like it was the first, there was the one on my discover weekly playlist is keep faith. Okay. And the, the main sample that he uses is, uh, the song in due time by outcast from the, 
Soul Food soundtrack. Yes, with CeeLo on the hook. Yeah, and CeeLo sang the hook on it, oh, yes. Oh, God, I love that song. So he kind of flips that and makes a, another, a new song He's out of Spotify? that. on Spotify? Yes. I know what I'm listening to on my drive home. <laughs> uh, well, no, it, in due time, I don't know. I, I know in due time's not, but... Okay. Uh, his, oh, yeah. Uh, this so up. this is... Um, wait, I had the wrong song uh, on there. Yeah. Uh, on well, on the on the earworm list, yeah. the uh, he has another song called Electric Revival. Of course, he uses Bombs Over Baghdad mm-hmm. on that one. But this is uh, Keep Faith, and add it to the list real quick and get it queued up. All right, so this is Keep Faith featuring John Bapp by Zach Witness, and we will be right back. Keep Faith by Zach Witness featuring John Bapp from the EP Electric Revival The Rise from Outcast Nation and with each song yeah he does something with an outcast song and, and kind of flips it so um, yeah it's a cool cover alright so uh, that will do it for our program uh, Ben since we want to be found, 
Yes, we do. We want to be found. Uh, Come find me, Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where can the people find us? I just, I would love for her to listen to us and like attack us in a song. It'd be hilarious. (laughs) So if you want to find us, Taylor Swift, we're at (laughs) bythetimeyouhearthis.com, blog style website. Um, where um, our fans, if they want, they could talk about how much they hate you. Um, we can also be found on facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, the websites, both of them are spelled with the word you, as in you, Taylor Swift. I'm kidding. I'm going to stop. <laughs> stop. If you want to find us on Instagram where Taylor Swift posted a picture of a snake, um, you can find us at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, upstanding enough to win more than a dollar. Um, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on, um, Apple podcast, um, AKA iTunes. I don't know if I have that backwards. Is it iTunes, AKA Apple podcast? AKA iTunes. Yeah. It's a a, Apple podcast, AKA iTunes. Cause the official name is Apple podcast. Now it is. Okay. Okay. Um, Google play. You can find us there. Um, you can find us on Castbox, satchel podcast player, Podomatic. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, um, many places to find us. Yeah. And Overcast. Overcast. Yeah. Overcast. Yes. It's not just a type of weather. It's a podcast player. <laughs> so um, come find us. Get at us, bro. All right. So, um, well, we didn't play the song, but we talked about it a lot. So. Is it what I'm thinking? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we're not even going to say the title. We're just going to play it, and that'll be in the show. Just don't walk into any. <laughs> Wait. Okay, I'm thinking a different song now. Hold on, you're thinking of the... Um, well, just play it, just play it, just play it. Okay. Yeah. But don't walk into those either. Yeah. I um, do, it, <laughs> do it at least once a week. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.